So we all got together. I got my husband involved too, which was a big no, no. Mm. <laughs> so my husband invested over a quarter of a million. I invested over a quarter of a million, the two of us. And it was just a disaster. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com and join our Facebook group to connect with our community of guests and fellow listeners. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Michelle Seiler Tucker. Michelle, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock and roll. I absolutely am. <laughs> I, I could feel that really from the first moment that we just started talking just earlier. So I'm excited to bring your knowledge and your energy to the audience. So let me introduce you to the audience. Michelle Seiler Tucker is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. She owns many businesses in several different industries. As a 20-year veteran in the M&A industry, she's regarded as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Her and her firm have sold over a thousand businesses in almost every vertical and have a remarkable track record of success. She is the best-selling author of the book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and has a new book that's out now called Exit Rich, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today. Bestseller, Michelle, take a minute and fill in further tidbits about your life. <laughs> tidbits, I don't know, you did a pretty good job. <laughs> But I've always been an entrepreneur, even from a little girl. I've owned many different businesses in different verticals. I did go to work for Xerox for a short period of time. They actually recruited me as a regional vice president over 100 salespeople. And I ended up transitioning out of Xerox and starting a franchise development, franchise sales, franchise consulting company. I was an equity partner with many different franchisors. And I just had so many buyers that kept asking me for existing businesses to roll up in a current portfolio. So that's when I really decided to transition into M&A nearly over 20 years ago. I have personally sold over 500 businesses in pretty much every vertical, but my firm has sold over a thousand altogether. Mm. You know, I want to serve our, our young audience. And by asking you, like, what was it in the beginning of, the year, of your career that kind of was some of the smart moves that you, that you made that you could advise a young person that's going into their career that they really should you know, consider doing? I think, you know, first and foremost is always follow my heart, follow my passion. I've always been passionate about people. I've always been a problem solver. I've always been solution oriented. I love to write, you know, I love entrepreneurship. And I would say just, you know, follow your passion, but also, you know, get advice from an expert. And I really didn't do that so much later on. I think it was like 2011. I had been in business for many years. And then 2011, I started going to conferences. I started meeting experts and I hired a mentor. And then I wrote my very first book in 2013. And I would say, you know, get an expert early on, but not just any mentor. Make sure you really do your due diligence. Make sure you really research it. Make sure it's a mentor that's been down the road, traveled down the road you want to, to travel because they'll shorten your learning curve dramatically mm. and they'll shorten your path to success dramatically. Why do you think it is that young people don't do it? Because I think about myself, I kind of didn't do it either. And I, I don't think that I was just an arrogant kid that thought I could do it all. I just didn't really know it existed in some ways, you know, that 
you could yeah. reach out to anybody and say, can I, can I ask you some questions or is there a way that I could talk to you once a month and, and you know, whatever. I just never knew any of that existed. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I didn't really know that either. So it wasn't until, like I said, later when I was talking to other people and they're like, oh, I'm going to this meeting. Oh, I'm going to this conference. And I remember dragging my husband to a real estate conference and we ended up signing and paying all this money. And for Robert Kiyosaki, <laughs> Rich Jeff Hordad, actually his co-author, Sharon Lecter, is my co-author on Exit Rich. Mm. And so we're going to Robert Kiyosaki's courses and we're sitting, sitting in there and my husband's like, oh, you'll be good at this. You'll be great at this. You'll be good at this. I go, well, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I'm going to go to the courthouse. I go, I'm going to count the money. I already have businesses. No, I had the money. <laughs> I already have all these businesses. I don't need another job. And we're sitting there and then we meet. We, we went to listen to a speaker that, that Robert Kiyosaki had actually invited to speak on campus there. And I'm like, oh, I love what he has to say. I'm going to go to his conference. So I run to the back of the room, sign up for his conference. I've never done any of that before. And the next thing I know, I'm flying to California, going to his conference. And then I meet somebody who says, you need to write a book. And, you know, it really did change. It really did change my trajectory pretty quickly because nobody knew who I was. Like I'm the best kept secret. I've sold all these companies, but I'm selling private companies. Mm. So we can't really talk about it. So nobody really knew who I was. And, you know, a lot of business owners don't really know that business brokers and M&A advisors, investment bankers exist, you know? Mm. And so it really helps build credibility. It helps with exposure dramatically. And it really helped me build my business. Yep. So I would say to all the young people out there, don't wait, you know, go get a mentor. The more successful an entrepreneur is, the more time, energy, and money they have to invest in you. Right. That's great advice. And one last thing, you know, you've written this book, Exit Rich. I'm looking at it on Amazon, right? It's the six P method to sell your business for huge profit. The book came out in June of this year. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. And you've got you. 39 ratings that are 4.9 out of five. So fantastic on that. Why don't you- Why don't you go make it 50? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna, yes, exactly. Well, that's what we're going to do right now. And I, wanna tell, I, want, I want you to tell the audience what benefit do they get from getting this book? Because it's right. We'll have the link in the show notes. And, you know, okay. what I, I love books because, you know, people took a, like a lot of time to put down on paper something that's, you know, valuable. What is the key value that someone would get that really reason why they should download this book now? Yeah. So several things. Number one, Exit Rich is endorsed by Steve Forbes. That's pretty powerful. Yep. Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. Steve Forbes says the business owners are leaving a tremendous amount of money on the table when they go to sell their business. Sharon Lecter is my co-author who wrote Rich Jeff Hordow with Robert Kiyosaki. She's a CPA, financial literacy expert and advisor to many different presidents. Kevin Harrington wrote the foreword. Exit Rich is a step-by-step -step blueprint, not just to sell your business. It's a step-by-step -step blueprint to build a sustainable business that you can scale and it will actually be sellable when you're ready. 
that you won't fall in that 80% statistics. So many businesses in America are not selling. Plus, the business landscape has changed in America drastically. Mm. When I wrote my very first book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, in 2013, I did the research and learned that 90% of all startups will go out of business within the first one to five years. We all know that, right? That's common knowledge. However, when I did the exact same research for Exit Rich, I learned that the business landscape has flip-flopped. Startups are not at great risk anymore. Startups are highly successful right now. It's existing businesses that are at risk. It's existing businesses that are going out of business. In America, there are 30.2 million businesses in the United States employing over half the U.S. workforce. Out of 27.6 million companies, the businesses that have been in business 10 years or longer, 70% of them will go out of business. Seven, zero. Now we hear in the media all the time about public companies. Toys R Us in business 75 years goes out of business. Steinmark, Pier 1, Disney stores just closed out. Godiva Chocolate's closing 1,500 locations. But what the media doesn't talk about, all the private companies in America, these business owners are exiting poor. They're selling for pennies on the dollar. They're closing their business. They're filing bankruptcy. Exit Rich is all about preventing these businesses from going out of business. So Exit Rich talks about how to plan your exit from the beginning. Like Stephen Covey says, always start with the end in mind. It's about how to build your solid infrastructure using the six Ps. And then the second half of the book is how to sell your business. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't buy that now, you're nuts. And I am downloading mine on Kindle as we speak. But the, the thing that I like about that is that, you know, it's a, so many people kind of get in, caught in a trap of their mm -hmm. own family business or their business idea. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's exciting to get it off the ground and it goes relatively well in the beginning. But in order to exit rich, you've got to scale it. And you talked about scalable and, and all that. So I'm looking forward to, to going through it. So I appreciate that. And for the listeners out there, I'll have the link in the show notes. And uh, for for just one last thing, for those people that want to follow you and, you know, keep up with what you're doing, what's the best place for them to go to do that? Sure. So two things I want to say. Number yep. one, if I'm buying Exit Rich or if you're outside the United States, absolutely go to Amazon. I have people from outside the United States that try to come to our website and the shipping cost is just so yeah, expensive yeah. these days. So go to Amazon. If you're inside the United States, obviously you can go to Amazon. You can go to your favorite bookstore. But... I also encourage you to go to exitrichbook.com instead because that's where all the value is. At exitrichbook.com for $24.79, we will email you the digital version. We'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep. We'll give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club where there's video content and me doing training on different strategies and techniques. I've been training for the last 20 years in the trenches to my clients, plus documents, Andrew, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business. We have sample employee handbooks, policy and procedure manual, sample letter of intents, purchase agreements, due diligence, checklist, closing docs, everything you need to operate and sell your company are there. And I can promise you, if you went to your attorney to recreate all this, it would cost you over $50,000 to do so. <laughs> and then the other thing too, is that we're giving you a free membership in a club CEOs where we really help business owners build that, you know, sustainable, scalable, and when they're ready, sellable business. So that's at exitrichbook.com. If you do buy the book somewhere else, just email us marketing at Seller Tucker, just email marketing at Seller Tucker, and we'll still make sure you get those bonuses. Perfect. As what far as what can they follow us? That was a great offer, huh? Yeah, Damn. amazing. <laughs> 
And as far as following us, they can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Great. and my main website is silotucker.com. Great. And I'll have the links to all that in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. So go to the website or go to the show notes and get in touch. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes <laughs> into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. Sure. So I've had a few bad investments, <laughs> you know, some in businesses and some in and vendors that I've hired, but I'll tell you one of my, one of the worst ones. So remember when I told you that I started going to conferences and networking, then I started really speaking on stage at all these different events. And one of the leaders of one of these organizations, I'm not going to say who, ended up talking several of the attendees. We've been going to these conferences for a few years, talked several of us into investing into a business in Africa in South Africa and a technology company. And I was excited because, you know, I was excited about Africa. I was excited about doing something unique, something different outside the United States. And I liked the people that we were going in with. Didn't necessarily trust the leader that was bringing this opportunity in front of us. And look, this person broke so many rules. You know, they didn't follow any of the, you know, there's so many guidelines when you're trying to raise money. They didn't follow any of those rules. And so a bunch of, so we all got together. I got my husband involved too, which was a big no-no. Mm. <laughs> so my husband invested over, are we supposed to say how much we invest? Yeah, sure. My husband invested over a quarter of a million. I invested over a quarter of a million, the two of us. And it was just a disaster. Mm. The leader ended up getting a fight in a big old fight with the CEO of the company. He went his separate way. Apparently he didn't get his money back. I don't know, you know, if that's true. So we really fought for years to make something work or get our money back. And, you know, gosh, what was it now? Five, six, seven years later, we still don't have our money back and we probably will never see our money. So that was a big loss. And, you know, my husband reminds me of this all the time. <laughs> and then a very good friend of mine, that was also attending these events. I got him to get, go in and he invested over a quarter million. So I hear it from my husband and I hear it from him. <laughs> oh man, oh man. And so it was, it was a terrible thing. We should have never have done it. So tell me, what did you learn from it? How would you summarize well, the lessons? Yeah, so number one, you know, when somebody is trying to raise capital from the stage, make sure that they're doing it the right way. Make sure they're following all the rules with, with the SEC. Mm -hmm. If you're going to invest in a company outside of the United States, really, really, really do your due diligence and have some alliances in that country. I didn't really have any alliances in South Africa. I've never been there before. <laughs> so really have some alliances, attorneys, you know, trust advisors that you can really go to, that you can trust over there. We didn't really have those alliances. And every time we try to ha hire an attorney, we pay an attorney money, we lose the money, and we just kept spending more money to try to get our money back. So, you know, at this point, we're like, okay, we're done. So the big lesson is, like I said, make sure that they're following the SEC rules. Make sure that you have trusted advisors. Make sure that you don't get caught up in the excitement of it. That's the question I had is like, how do you... How do you prevent that? Because some people are really good at getting you excited. 
Yeah, and they were really good at getting me excited. And I'm a, and I'm a pretty good checks and balance person. I'm pretty, you know, left brain, right brain. I'm pretty analytical and I will review transactions. I mean, I review transactions every day on a daily basis in all multiple companies, but they did get us all pumped up and, you know, I wanted to do something different and it was unique and I wanted my husband to be involved. And I think you just have to, you just have to like, get, you know, you have to separate yourself from everybody and really think about it mm. and really, you know, weigh the pros with the cons, write down all the things that could happen, all the things all the things that could go right, all the things that could go wrong. If it goes wrong and you lose this money, how will it affect your life? Yep. You know, if you lose the money and it's not really going to affect you, then, you know, but I would really get away from everybody, write down the pros, write down the cons and write down best case scenario, worst case scenario. Can you live with the worst case scenario? Mm. Now I can live with the worst case scenario, you know, I would never do that again. And yep. I would never bring my husband into it again because <laughs> I've had to pay the price. Mm. But never I think that's how you just, gotta, you just got to really stay grounded and try not to get caught up in the emotions. Yep. I always say never make decisions on emotion. Always make decisions based on logic. Got it. Okay. And maybe I'll summarize a few things. I was taking notes while you were speaking and I was just thinking, you know, it's already crazy investing outside of the U.S. You know, like yeah. that's already hard. And I was thinking that, you know, if, if a person says, I really want to have more exposure outside of the U.S., you know, there's, there's ETFs, there's mutual funds, you know, there's ways yeah. to start to build that for exposure. So my first thinking on it was kind of, you know, that. But, of course, that's not what you're into when you're listening to a fantastic story. You're pretty excited. And mm -hmm. maybe I'll just tell a story about myself where when I came to Thailand, my best friend came to see me. This was back in 1992. He came to see me, and then by 1995, we had set up a coffee factory here in Thailand. By 1997, basically, so we were selling coffee to restaurants and coffee shops and roasting coffee and uh, hotels and all that. And then by 1997, the whole thing imploded with the Asian crisis, and we had to move into our factory out in the boondocks. We were like in the middle of a jungle in a factory in a room in a factory. <laughs> you can't air condition the factory in the middle of a sweltering heat, so we just have... One room we lived in for seven months trying to keep our business alive. And we just thought to ourselves as we were talking, it's like, could we have made it more hard on ourselves? <laughs> you know, like come to a foreign country, you know, set up a coffee business. They don't really drink coffee, you know, at that time. <laughs> and, you know, I, it just made me think that, you know, whenever you're investing your money and when you're doing small businesses already, yeah. already in startups and all that, there's so much risk, you know, try not to bring additional risk on mm -hmm. if you can, like, you know, whatever that is, going to a foreign country or whatever. And then the last thing I would think I was thinking about is that, you know, one of the tools that I've learned and I've kind of developed from listening to people's stories, because I've identified six common mistakes that people make. And number one of them that is really common amongst all is people fail to do their own research. And it's mm -hmm. part of what you said is, you know, you got to step back from the emotion and, and sit down. You have to do your due diligence. There it is. And I didn't, you know what? I'm the due diligence queen. I do due diligence on everything. I didn't do due diligence on this because I got too caught up in the excitement. I got too caught up in my friends, you know, doing business with my friends and out of, out of the country, you know, mm -hmm. I just got too caught up in the emotions. Which is most common mistake. Number three, the third most common mistake, which is called, I call it driven by emotion or flawed thinking. And, mm -hmm. you know, we get caught up. 
so one one thing I'll advise to the listeners that I would advise, and and that is to separate the research that you do on risk and return. And what I mean by that is that basically take a time to write down all the exciting things about this on a piece of paper. You know, draw a piece of draw a line down the middle of a piece mm -hmm. of paper, and take one day and write down all the exciting things about the upside. And then a couple of days later, take that same paper out and then sit down and say, what could go wrong? And by separating the discussion on risk and return, I found that it takes some of the emotion out where you're trying to defend the positive and you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, I've done that a lot with my business partner where one week we talk about the return of a particular project idea. And then in the other week, because we did survive our coffee business by living in the factory in 1997. But we basically do this, that it takes away a lot of the impassioned fighting and all that mm -hmm. and it allows us to look at the return and the risk separately so that's that's kind of my thoughts from what i took away anything you'd add no i think you know look dr nito cabane is a very wise wise man I'm not sure if you've heard of him but he's no. the president of high point university he is on the board of lazy boy great harvest bread company and about 12 other companies and he's like michelle we always got to look at an investment by asking ourselves what, like I said earlier, what's the best thing that can happen? What's the most likely thing that's, that can happen? What's the worst case scenario that can happen? And if you can't live with that worst case scenario, don't invest. Absolutely 1000% don't invest. Now, mm -hmm. fortunately for me, I'm okay. And I, you know, always, I don't, I always say I don't have any review mirror. I never look backwards. I always look forward. So I don't dwell on the fact that we lost money because I know I can make more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it could have knocked people. out some other people. What's that? It could have really knocked out some other people. Yeah. But I got people in my ears, you know, saying I lost money. But, you know, at the end of the day, I always look at things. What did I learn from this? What am I not gonna, going to do again? <laughs> yep, yep. And how do I move forward? Perfect. But I think, you know, Dr. Nito's advice is, is spot on mm -hmm. because if the worst case scenario, if you can't live with the worst case scenario, which you might lose all your money, then absolutely 1000% do not make that investment. So based on what you learned from this and what you continue to learn, what mm -hmm. one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I, I think we should really think about that listener who is being seduced mm -hmm. by a powerful pitch. What, what advice would you give? Due diligence. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Due diligence. Due diligence. And that's the thing that I didn't do. Yep. If I would have... I didn't do what I always do. If mm -hmm. I would have done the due diligence, I would have never invested in this business. Perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, do your due diligence. And I would advise that you don't have to do some massive amount of research. At least start the process by asking a series of questions, you know. So, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Well, my number one goal is, you know, I got Exit Rich out, thank goodness. <laughs> I know how hard that Exit, is. Well, Exit Rich was supposed to come out April 2020, and there was this little pandemic that came out <laughs> in 2020, so we had to push it back till June 2021. So my number one, you know, goal for the next 12 months is really to do keep on doing what I've been doing, which is helping to save business owners from going out of business, you know, I partner with, I do partner with business owners. So I don't just 
sell businesses. I buy, sell, fix, grow. So I actually mm -hmm. partner with business owners, investing my money, time, energy, effort. And I've had great success with that. Great success with that in the United States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my goal is to really, you know, keep helping business owners save their business, partner with business owners, really put them on the road to riches, the road to exit rich. So they exit rich, not exit poor, and really help business owners retire rich. That's my goal over the next 12 months. I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I can't see myself doing anything else. Well, that sounds exciting. And for the listeners out there, you know, let's all follow along as, as Michelle does this and make sure you go to the show notes. We've got everything there for you to get. Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com and join our Facebook group to connect with our community of guests and fellow listeners. As we conclude, Michelle, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of A Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I always say, really, you know, we talked about this earlier. Align yourself with an expert. I always say it's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning signs and keep you out of the danger zone. Beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrews. Dot saying, I'll see you on the upside.